and uh, we'll, we're going to talk about mandated memorials. It's very interesting in Scripture that there is a lot of discussion regarding remembering things, setting up memorials. And I thought uh, today, and I knew we'd be down on our crowd a little bit, even though it's a pretty good crowd for uh, as many as are gone today. Uh, we're going to look at mandated memorials, uh, things that God had encouraged not only the Jewish people, but the Christian uh, folks as well. Uh, what did we do this morning, by the way? What was the last thing that we did? We had communion, right? Do this in what? Remembrance of me. God is a lot about remembering things. So we're going to look through scriptural mandates, if you will, certain things that God had encouraged mainly the Jewish people to do, but there's certainly a lot, if you will, in context when it comes to uh, the Christian side as well. All right, uh, again, uh, we're not going to go through a character and relativism, are we? have gone through that multiple times. Just the simplistic concept, character is who you are. Uh, what makes you up, it's, it's what you present to others. Relativism, if you look at the simple definition, there is no absolute truth. Truth changes based on your wants, desires, situational ethics. As Christians, do we live on relativism? No, we live on absolute what? Truth, biblical truth. The Bible never compromises truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes unto the Father but by me, but Christ is the truth truth it's it's mandated that's that's a biblical principle so again we're not really going into uh relativism versus character that type of thing today because i want to keep it more on the memorial day theme uh so what is a memorial according to scripture what would be a good scriptural definition well something which is remembrance vivid the ideas represented by the words remember, remembrance, and memorial are closely connected in common uh, parlance as well as in biblical usage. So what's it basically saying? When God is, when, and you'll see these words, we'll, we'll go through them in our study today, we'll see the words memorial, we'll see the word remembrance. So God is about remembering things. Uh, when we talk about uh, uh, veterans, when we talk about those who have given their lives, what do we always say at a memorial service? We will never what? We'll never forget. I mean, it's, it's ingrained in our heads. When you think about loved ones that have passed on, those, those folks especially that you're related to, you don't forget them. It always sticks with you. These are things we remember. And God has many different things that he literally wants us to remember. So the Hebrew and Greek words translated as memorial are derivatives of the verbal roots meaning to Remember, so everything around memorializing things, this is done in memory or memorial. Uh, it's, it's about remembering things, and God has set in place a lot of different things uh, regarding memorial. Is By the way, is that Glenn Sanders back there? I know he can't hear me, but uh, I'll get him when he comes back in. Well, it's good to see him. He's been gone such a long time with uh, sickness, but uh, good to see him. All right, so let's talk a little bit about mandated memorials. So we're, we're going to go through this. It's a, it, I think it's pretty good uh, material. Then we'll spend a little time on, on the scripture concepts. But uh, let's take a look at this. So remember is usually understood as simply recalling to the mind something which the past and memorial is that which serves to preserve the memory of something from the past. There's often another dimension to these terms in biblical usage. So it's not simply at times about, well, okay, so we remember who the Apostle Paul was, we remember who Moses was, we remember who Noah was. 
it goes much, much deeper than simply a fact or a knowledge fact. It's about what do these people, what do these things that God wants us to remember, it's much more than an exercise in scholarship. It's actually trying to get us to do something as a result of that remembrance. So in the Bible, the verb to remember often represents a broader idea than simply to recall something. So again, when, uh, if I wanted to remember my mom <clears throat> as, a, as an illustration, and she passed away about 16 years ago, went home to be with the Lord, good godly lady, trusted Christ when she was young. And if I think about mom, well, what do I think about mom? It's not just a matter of, okay, so my mom lived X amount of years, she's buried at such a cemetery, that's a fact. When you think about someone that has passed on that you love and that you care about, what do you think about? It's not just the fact that they lived, died, and were done, right? What do, you, what do I think about when I think about mom? Well, I think about uh, when I was a child and uh, got scared and she picked me up and take me in her uh, old rocking chair, and I, I still remember it, uh, back in Des Plaines, Illinois. And uh, just a little tyke, and I remember mom picking me up and uh, rocking me when I, when I would get scared about things. And we remember mom's comfort. I remember mom, uh, and when I look at her Bible and I see her Bible, and I remember, man, there's a lady who loved the Lord and, and uh, served him. And boy, uh, not only should I remember what she did, but it should affect me. Do I want to do, do what mom did? I think about my dad. And uh, my dad was a staunch, strong Christian. He, he, was, he was kind of a fighting, he, he was like, you know, he's kind of like the fighting fundamentalist kind of guy. And uh, I appreciate that, though. I mean, he, he stood firm on things. And when I think about Dad, it's like, yeah, did, did I love him? I, I have this silly remembrance. And I don't know why this one sticks in my head, but I just, again, I was just a young boy, and I was sitting on the couch with my dad. And it was probably rare because my dad, he, he, was, uh, he loved to work on stuff. So he wouldn't stick around much, and we were always in the garage or working on something. But I remember sitting on the couch with my dad. He had this gray short sleeve shirt on. And I don't know, I, I probably was only 10, 11 years old, maybe younger. And I still remember sitting on the couch with my dad, snuggled up to him in that gray shirt. And, and it's, it's a fond memory, and, and it's a good memory. And uh, uh, we think about the different things we did. And that's what, remember, that's what God is trying to get us to do. Look at these different things that he's, uh, that specifically a lot of the Old Testament things we'll look at. Why did God do these things? It wasn't simply for us to say, oh yeah, I remember that Abraham Lincoln and George Washington and whatever existed. What do these biblical principles literally mean? So it's not just recalling, but recalling in a way that affects one's present feeling, thought, or action. All right, so let's, uh, we're going to start looking at some of the biblical concepts. Uh, they'll be up on the screen. I, have, I put the verses I, on your sheet so you have them if you're interested. Uh, here's an example. When it is said in Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, that God remembered Noah, this does not mean that God merely recalled that Noah was in the ark. All right, so let's, let's take a trip. Let's go uh, uh, with Noah on the ark. It's, it's been raining. By the way, here's an interesting, uh, how many of you have been to the uh, ark in the Ark Encounter. All right, good number of you. If you haven't gone, I suggest it. Uh, maybe we'll do a group trip one day. I'd, uh, I'd like to do that. Um, be fun. And uh, as long as you pay for my bus ticket. No. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you go to the Ark Encounter, and many of you have, you, you, you've seen it. I mean, it's massive. It's giant. And uh, uh, what happens? So all the animals go on the Ark. 
Here's an interesting statement. Okay, so how many days did it rain? Rained how many days, day and night? Forty. Okay, that one we all remember. How long did they stay on that ark? I heard over a year. What else? Anybody else? Huh? Long enough. Long enough. Yeah, there, there you go. Uh, Sheila, I don't know about you. Uh, but Mark's right. It was over a year that they were on that ark. You know, it took over the... Glenn, I wanted to say hi. I know yeah, we got to get him his ears if, if he doesn't have. But good to good to see you, Glenn. Tell him I said hi back there. <laughs> good to see you, Glenn. Uh, he'll he'll hear me later. Uh, but over a year they spent on that ark. So okay, so now you've been on the ark of your life encounter for the last year. You feel alone. Nothing seems to be, uh, I mean, you're stuck on an ark with all these animals. Work, 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 work. All the, whatever goes along with having all those animals in there. And now the Bible says God remembered you. And you're like, that doesn't work for me. So you've been in a tough place for a year, and it's like, well, God knows who you are. God knows you exist. And you're like, well, I need a little bit more than that. Would you agree? It's about having that, what, the personal relationship with God. So when, when the Lord is saying this, it's like God just didn't say, oh, you know, I've been, I've been out of tune with Noah for a, a, a year, and oh, yeah, uh, Noah's in that ark. No, it's a whole lot. It's a very, very deep meaning. When God is saying, I remember Noah, and when God is looking at things, it's a lot more than, oh, yeah, I know you're down here on earth. The young folks over here, and... and you think about, well, does God know who I am? Yes, God knows who you are. Does he know what I'm going through at school? Yes, he knows what you're going through at school. Does he know the struggles that you go through at home and other places? Yes, God knows that. And when the concept of God remembers you, it's like, oh, well, where have you been for the last year or four years or eight years or whatever it's been? And God says, I've always been here. I'm here because I remember you and I want to help you. And that's exactly what he's saying to Noah here. God remembers Noah and now he's going to take action and if you will, relieve them from that ark eventually. So, uh, uh, in a similar way, in Genesis chapter 30, verse 22, says that God remembered Rachel. The meaning is that after a long period of barrenness, God is going to answer Rachel's prayer for a child. So, when we, this is the most simplistic concept, if you will, about memorializing things. And we're going to get much deeper as we progress here. But when God remembers you, do you think God ever, okay, let's just go to the antithesis of that. Does God ever not know you exist? Absolutely not. By the way, Jeremiah 1.5, when did God start to know who you were? When what? Yeah, I want to make sure the one B word is there, before, right? God knew you before you were born. In fact, he knew you how long ago? He knew you forever. God knew who you were before your parents came together. God knew who you were before your generation showed up. God knows who you are. Uh, it's like with all, and I don't want to get off into the issues with the politics going on right now with Roe and Wade, Roe versus Wade and all that stuff. But uh, the simple answer is, I don't care what the state says about it. I don't care what the feds say about it. I only care what God says about it. And uh, when God basically said that uh, I knew you before you were born, I think that means that God loves us, he knows about us, and uh, he's got a good plan for you. Agreed? You say, well, I don't like the plan God's got for me. Well, 
let's, let's talk about that for 30 seconds. If you don't like the plan that you're currently under, you say, I prayed about it. I don't like what's going on. You know what prayer does? And by the way, if you haven't prayed about it, you should, because you know what happens when you pray? All of a sudden, God teaches you what his plan is. I don't like this plan. Noah probably didn't really care to be on that ark for a, a year with smelly animals. But that was God's plan for him. And you can pray all you want about things to change, but if God's perfect will is this is your perfect will, don't fight it. Accept it. Uh, not everything's pleasant in life, by the way. Did you know that? I know I just shocked some of you. Like, really? Say what, Ron? Yeah, look at Noah. Yeah. Look at Moses. Uh, I hesitate, but go ahead, Gail. <laughs> what, hun? Without spray, okay, that was a good comment. I like that. No, nope, you're done now. Pray without ceasing is all you get. <laughs> you can't talk without ceasing, just pray. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, we're thankful for his service. Yep. And that's a good thing to remember, Gail, isn't it? I'll talk later, okay? We'll have our private conversation later, Gail. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, thanks for sharing that. Yes, uh, if you trusted Christ, definitely he's up in heaven and he's in your heart, so that's wonderful. All right, let's go to Genesis chapter 30, verse 22. Then God remembered Rachel and God listened to her. Son and said, God has taken away my reproach. So she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. All right, so when God is remembering you, it's again, it's always associated with some type of action. The action here is God said, Okay, uh, uh, Rachel, I, I, I've heard your prayers. I know you want a child, and now it's time for me to answer that prayer. Now, could have God, God answered that prayer by not giving her a child? Could he have done that? Well, in context, no. He would have had to answer this because he basically that was promised. But when you have something that you believe God should do for you, is that answer always going to be positive? And it's for your own good, right? Trust in the Lord, and here we go again, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we say it over and over again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not what? On your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge, and he shall direct your paths. And young folks... Sometimes it's a path you don't want. Sometimes it's a path I don't want. But God says, this is what's best for you. So always, and by the way, when you're trying to figure these things out, and uh, we've talked about this as well from Proverbs, if we're struggling over what to do in life, what school I'm going to go to, whom, who should I marry, where am I going to go to work, what church am I going to attend, Union Grove Baptist Church, obviously, but uh, uh, when you're looking at major decisions like that, what is the right thing to do? Just simply say, well, I'm locking my heels and this is what I'm going to do. What does the Bible tell us to do when we have a major decision to do? What? Seek God's advice. Okay, seek God's advice through what? Prayer. Through prayer and what else? There is safety in a what? A multitude of counselors. So you, um, and again, you do need to pray. That's important. What's God leading me to do? 
Rachel believed it was right for God to supply her with a child. All right, so she prayed about it, and God did answer that prayer in the affirmative. But there's certain things that it's like, man, I really think I should do whatever X is. I really want that job. And you go and talk to, and, and, I'm, and I'm dead serious about this, I never make a major decision without doing several things. Pray about it? Yes. Lord, is this what you really want? And I'll spend a good deal of time praying about it in private. Then I happen to be married, and my wife is sitting right there. We've been married lots of years. I consult my wife. It is a very good move. My wife will see things from a totally different perspective at times. She has given me her opinion, her counsel, and you say, well, you're the man of the house. Aren't you supposed to be the leader? Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But God didn't put two people with two different thoughts in the same home so one can be ignored. So God uses your spouse, whether it's male or female, to give counsel and to give advice. Do I always accept it? Well, not, no. But I mean, in honesty, sometimes yes, sometimes no. But she'll bring out different things that I wouldn't think about. Then I have three to four guys, and unfortunately, one of my main mentors, Jimmy Dion Sr., is home with the Lord. I, I wouldn't do anything major without calling him first. Um, some of you know uh, Dr. Sam Horn. I, I, any major decision, I'm on the phone with him. Uh, a few other individuals that are my mentors, I get on the phone, I call them, I email them, I text them if I have a major decision to make. Why? Because the Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counselors. Now, folks, if you get nothing else today about memorials, that's really good advice. You know why? Because it's God's advice. There's safety in a multitude of counselors. So God remembers Rachel, and, uh, of course, he provides her with a child. One of the most prominent uses of the idea to remember in the Old Testament is the exhortation of the Israelites to remember the mighty acts of the Lord. Why is God reminding them? Now, if you were awake during the message this morning, and I didn't see anybody sleeping, so I think you're all good. I didn't hear any snoring either. That's a great thing. But uh, no, in all seriousness, when we talked about what happened when the Hebrew children left Israel, they get across the Red Sea, they see the giant miracle, and then what do they start doing? Oh! How can, I mean, how in the world can you go through the Red Sea, watch the waters part, get to the other side, see the pillar of fire by night, the cloud of uh, the Shekinah glory of God by day, and it's like, where's God at? I, I don't see God. I mean, they literally saw things, and they still rejected him. All right, so God says, listen, I would say knuckleheads, but that might not be proper to say in church, but uh, these individuals, they harden their, harden their hearts, they harden their heads, if you will, they harden their mind. And uh, let's go to a couple of verses then. Psalm 77, 11. Again, in context to the Jewish people, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. Let's put that into our context. Have you ever seen God answer a prayer for you? Some of you are saying no. And nobody said no out loud, by the way, but some of you in your hearts are like, no, I've never had God answer a prayer for me. You know why? Because you aren't praying. Oops. You say, well, Brother Rich, that's not kind. But it's true. God can't answer a prayer that's not uttered. You say, well, you know, I, I, I prayed, uh, I saw this good-looking girl at school, and I prayed God give me, give me her as a girlfriend. Maybe you got her, maybe you didn't. I don't know, it wasn't God's will. 
I prayed about going to a school. And uh, maybe the door was shut. Maybe it wasn't. But uh, you got to pray. God can't answer a prayer that you, now he's going to lead you. If, if you're open and your heart's right with him. But folks, and Gail, you brought up an excellent point. Pray without what? Pray without ceasing. It means don't stop. Every place you go, everything you do, prayer should be the focal point. And, and what does uh, the psalmist say? I'll remember the works of the Lord. Sure, I'll remember your wonders of old. Psalm 78, 7, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Now, when God does do something, whether you prayed about it or not, and all of a sudden something good happens, maybe you go back to, and I trust uh, if you're here this morning, most, if not all of you, have put your faith and trust in Christ. Do you ever go back and remember what happened during that time? How did God lead you to himself? What happened? How did God get your attention? Every single person here has put their faith and trust in Christ. God got your attention somehow. How did he do it? Maybe it was in Awana, and, and you remember the, the teacher, the leader, and, and all of a sudden the gospel came, or in Sunday school, or maybe for some of you, you were older and uh, you were reading the Bible maybe on your own or you're listening to a preacher or you're listening to a Sunday school lesson or uh, uh, maybe a television program or maybe somebody came to you and, and shared the gospel with you and bam you got saved. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Oh yeah. And in that book I wrote I, I, I include in there what got me to Christ? Who remember? Who got, what got me to Christ? You better read my book. <laughs> Who got me to Jesus? You remember? My sister. Thank you. Somebody read it. My older sister. What does she do? She comes home. She's acting nice to me. It disturbed the fire out of me that we weren't fighting. And finally, I said, what changed in your life? And those of you that read it can tell the rest of the story, but I'll tell it anyway. And I said, what happened to you? Why do you treat me nice? And she said three words. Who remembers what they were? Thank you. Come and see. Come and see. <laughs> and I came and saw and, and uh, heard the gospel for the first time in my life at 16 years old. Put my faith and trust in Christ at in, in, in my parents' home after it sunk in. Now, my sister might be watching, so I've got to be careful what I say now. <laughs> but we still have some fusses. You say, seriously, you still fuss with your older sister? Well, yeah, because she's not always right. <laughs> but you know what? We just had a little uh, text message exchange the other day, and I thanked her again. It's like, you know, I, I, my older sister, fussing or not, she's the reason that brought me to Christ, and I remember that. All right, we're almost out of time, so i got to hurry up. Psalm 105, remembers marvelous works which he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Now, we're, not, we're going to skip this part, but the same thing applies. Why did Israel have so many problems? Because they forgot who God was. And my, my dear friends and my young, young friends, when you forget what God does in your life, when you start getting myopic look and it's like, well, God's hard on me, and, and, and things aren't good, and things aren't the way I'm going, and you start to murmur and complain like the Israelites did, it's going to go south. It's going to go bad. And God says, listen, remember who I am. Don't get negative on God, and you can't if you remember the good things he's done. 
One end, and we'll move on. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his ways. And what did they do? They forgot his works. They said, Fui on God. I don't need him. I can do this myself. Who needs God? I'm my own boss. <laughs> like Trevor said, You ain't my boss. Jesus is. Well, okay, I'm glad Jesus is your boss, but down here authority figures are the boss, right? In God's stead. All right, we're going to move on to the next section here. Uh, how about the Passover? Exodus chapter 12, verse 14. Now, we, what did we celebrate this morning? The Lord's what? Supper. The Lord's Supper. When was the Lord's Supper instituted? It was instituting what during what, if you will, feast day? The Passover. The Jewish people are to remember the Passover every single year, ever since it was instituted way back in the Old Testament times of 1400 B.C. Now, Exodus 12, 14, says that the Passover shall be for you a memorial day. Every single Passover, the Jewish people, the Orthodox especially, some may or may not, but almost all practicing Jews, whether they're conservative, Reformed or Orthodox are going to have a Passover service at some point. We have a Passover service at least once a month here at Union Grove Baptist Church called the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is literally the morphing from the Old Testament Passover. Jesus was having Passover with the disciples. By the way, Jesus is our what lamb? What lamb? Passover lamb, right? Jesus was crucified on Passover. He was the ultimate sacrifice, all right? So certain things are to be remembered. Passover is one of them, but we've morphed it as Christians into what now 1 Corinthians 11 calls what? It's the Lord's Supper. It's the Lord's Table. It's a time to remember him, and we still do it. You just did it, so you just uh, uh, did a perfect example of this. Uh, what was the Passover? I'll pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be assigned for you in the houses where you are, and when I see the blood I will pass over you. And then God says, listen, this is an eternal memorial. Don't stop recognizing what I did for you Jewish people. Now we remember it too, but our focus as Christians is what? Are we focusing on being delivered from Egypt? No, I mean, we, we rejoice in what happened for the Jewish people. What do we rejoice in our relationship with whom? With Jesus Christ. We have to remember that. Now, there are certain churches that have communion, if you will, every single Sunday. Is that a wrong thing to do? <laughs> Absolutely not. But he said, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. And uh, if we did it every week, we could. We don't. We choose to do it once a month here, sometimes twice a month. We did this month. Uh, but it's uh, every time we get together, what? It's to remember what Christ did. Keep him first in our life. All right, a couple other quick things. In Joshua 4, 7, it describes setting up a monument of 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan River as a memorial to the miraculous prov provision for Israel's crossing and entering Canaan. So uh, the Jewish people, they, they constantly did things like this. They would put up memorials to remember things. By the way, do we have any memorials in uh, our city or in your city, wherever you might live? Almost every single city we have memorials. 
uh, down in Milwaukee on the lakefront. A lot of people will gather around, if you will, the, the memorials that exist at uh, Veterans Park and so forth. Why? Because we remember what people did. Well, God in the same way had things like setting 12 stones in a river. You say, well, how long did they last there? I don't know. I'm sure they're falling over by now. But uh, these things were done so that when uh, people of their generation, they'd walk by, they'd remember the crossing. They'd remember how God parted the waters. And why? As an exercise in scholarship? No, it's, ah, oh, remember what God did. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. Uh, 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 I remember back uh, 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 many years ago when we were walking out of Egypt and, and, and these stones, they're the reminder when God parted the waters for us. And it's a remembrance, and we teach our children these things. So God's very much into memorials. I'm going to keep going here. Uh, let's go to the next one. Uh, the stones on the ephod. Now, the ephod was a garment that uh, the priests wore. They were to put 12 stones on their garment or their ephod to remember uh, the 12 tribes of Israel and the, and, the, and the 12 names, if you will. So all these things, God keeps having remembrances of those things which are important. Uh, and you shall put the two stones on the shoulders of the ephod as memorial stones for the sons of Israel. So Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on his two shoulders as a memorial. Why is God doing this? He wants us to remember what he's accomplished in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and so forth. Now, we're almost out of time, so I'm going to skip ahead. You can read the rest on your own, but I want to get to the last one real quick. Whoop, there it is. All right, so here again, as we close out today, why do we go into the Scriptures? Why do we want to remember these things? By the way, here's a challenge for the young people that are uh, watching their phones right now. That <laughs> got five heads up. Thy word have I what? Hid in my, that I might not, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Young people, I want to challenge you as well as all of us. If you hide God's word in your heart, what are you actually doing? You're what? You're, what, you're doing what? Memorizing it. You're making them a memorial in your life, if you will. When you memorize the scriptures, it's like, well, I got a cell phone. I don't, need, I don't need to memorize stuff. You do need to memorize. You need to put God's word in your heart. That's a great deal of what a want is about. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Why? Because when the words of the scriptures come back into your heart, are you remembering it? No. Are you remembering scripture when you memorize? Yes. You can talk. It's okay. In the New Testament, the words memorial and remembrance occur rather infrequently, but in one instance with particular significance. When Jesus instituted the observance of the Lord's Supper, the New Testament part of the Old Testament Passover, he said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in what? Do it in remembrance to me. All right, folks, so what's the point of this whole lesson? Where are we going with this? Number one is don't forget the good things that God's done for you. Don't forget about that great day when you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Don't forget it. Remind yourself about it. Rejoice in it. Every good thing that comes your way, rejoice in it. Remember it. Think about it. Meditate on what God has done for you. Hide God's Word in your heart. Meditate on God's Word, which means on a continual basis, think about it. Let it permeate your soul. And all those nasty things which uh, the Jewish people were talking about. Ah, uh, God didn't... 
You brought us out here to kill us. You don't really care about me. By the way, every single one of you, and especially my friends over here, the young folks, you're going to think this someday. God doesn't care about me. He put me in this rotten circumstance. I'm going through terrible times. There's no hope. Oh, yeah, there's hope. There is hope uh, because Jesus Christ gave his life for you. He's given you a life that he wants you to live. And you spend time with him. You remember who he is. It'll change your life for the good. Father, thank you for your love for us. You've given us so many different things. If we could have gone through all the offerings uh, back in the sacrificial system of the Old Testament, all those things which were done as a memorial of what you've done uh, for the Jewish people. But, Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ, the great sacrifice that was done for us. We thank you for uh, church itself, where we're constantly reminded every single time we walk through the doors, we're remembering what you've done for us. We study your word so that we might remember what you did for us. We pray and thank you for things that you've done for us. So, Father, on this Memorial Day, uh, yes, we should be thankful for those who have fought, who have died, given their lives for our freedom today. But, Father, help us always to remember the most important sacrifice ever given was the sacrifice of your own Son, Jesus Christ, when he gave his life, was buried, and rose again, that we indeed could have eternal life with you. Bless this weekend, Lord. Help us to remember as you see fit. And all God's people said? Amen. All right, go have a bratwurst on me. <laughs> Have a good weekend.